Hi, my name is Edward, and welcome to today's edition of the PyTorch Dev Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a new feature that recently landed in Head in Master PyTorch called Inference Mode that was um, spearheaded by Eileen Zhang, but um, also you know, had a lot of contributions from the rest of the folks in Composability. What is Inference Mode? Well, Inference Mode is a thing that you can do when you're writing some PyTorch code and uh, you want to, you, you are guaranteed that you're only going to run inference on it. And inference mode basically makes your code run faster in the situation. Um, it's fast enough to like get something like five to 10% wins uh, when we have used it inside production at Facebook. And um, today I just want to talk a little bit about where this feature comes from, why it's necessary, and a little bit about how we implemented it. Okay. So first off, why does inference mode exist in the first place? And you know, you might be thinking, hey, Edward, you know, if I just have some code in PyTorch and I uh, don't, um, you know, require grad on any of my inputs, so there's no parameters, I'm not training, I don't call backwards on it, shouldn't this code, you know, just be as good as you know, running some plain old tensor operations? Um, without you know having any support for autograd, like that seems like it should be just as fast. And you know if I'm a little worried about accidentally setting some requires grad equal to true, well there's this no grad mode, this no grad context manager, which I can already use in PyTorch to just say, hey, whatever the requires grad fields on my tensors are, ignore that and just don't require gradients. So why is there an opportunity to make things go faster? And so it turns out that there are two things that we do in PyTorch to support automatic differentiation that can't be turned off. They must be done because it may be possible at some point in the future that you will attempt to use these tensors for AD. And if we don't do these things ahead of time, we're just screwed. Whether or not this is the right trade-off or not, um, this is historically where uh, PyTorch has been, where you know you can always write your code and then try to use it with Autograd later, and this will work out. And so inference mode changes some of these assumptions. It says, hey, no, actually, I guarantee that I'm not going to use these tensors to do Autograd later, and as a result, we can do things a little faster. So there are two things that slow, like, ostensibly inference-only mode uh, code down in PyTorch that inference mode targets. So the first thing that happens is whenever you do any sort of mutation to a tensor in PyTorch, and really whenever you like just allocate any tensor at all, um, we have some safety uh, tracking for mutation called a version counter. So what is a version counter in PyTorch? Well, a version counter solves the problem that is pretty common, which is let's say you have a tensor and you need to save its value for later. Well, tensors are large and so we don't want to make copies of them. So we just save that tensor directly. What if someone along the time when you saved it for say backwards, that's the most common case version counters are used for, and when you actually use it, when you do the backwards computation, someone goes ahead and modifies the tensor under you. Well, that's great. It turns out all your you know, automatic differentiation isn't gonna work. You're just gonna get wrong gradients in this situation because someone you know, monkeyed about this value and you were expecting the old value prior to the mutation to be the one that you were gonna use for your backwards formula. So because this can you know, basically result in silently incorrect results, like you have no idea that things have gone wrong, but things have gone wrong, we have a mechanism called version counters which help us detect 
when mutations have happened. Uh, the mechanism is pretty simple. Basically, we associate every tensor with a version. When you mutate the tensor, we update the version. And whenever we save a tensor for backwards, we look at what the current version was and say, okay, whatever this version is, when we look at it again later in the backwards, you have to you know, have the same version that you had when you saved it. So if there was a different version, we would just raise an error and say, hey, someone mutated the save tensor for backwards. Uh-oh. All right. So that means that we have to do a bunch of you know, work, right? So we have to allocate these version counters. We can't actually store them directly on the tensor because remember, Mutating a tensor or mutating a view of a tensor, hey, these you know are the same thing. So uh, we need to make sure you get updated in both of these cases. So it's not something you can store in the tensor directly, and it also isn't something you can store in the storage, if you know what that is, um, for very complicated reasons involving detach. So these are actually like separate heap allocated counters that we keep around, and you have to allocate them, and you also have to do the uh, reference count bumps on them, and these. These version counter bumps, sorry, not reference count bumps, version counter bumps. And we have to do these bumps atomically because there might be a mutation from separate threads. So that also leads to cost, right? It leads to having to do all these extra operations. So can we get rid of this when there's no requires regret true anywhere in your program? And the answer is no, because you don't know if in the future someone is going to use this tensor to actually save it for backwards because it's gonna be used with some other requires grad true thing. So we need to know ahead of time that, you know, hey, this is gonna be a tensor that is never ever gonna alias with a tensor that is gonna be saved for backwards. The second thing that we have to do um, ahead of time is something called view tracking. So what is view tracking? Well, let's just think about how views work in PyTorch. So uh, if you've read my blog post about you know, basic concepts in PyTorch, you may know that PyTorch tensors are strided. And so if I wanna take a view on a tensor, uh, I can just you know, allocate another tensor, share the data, and just you know, record you know, what the offset should be and you know, whether or not I'm gonna like, you know, inflate my strides or anything like that. And this is pretty cool. And ordinarily you would think that when I do a view on an operation, that's the only thing I need to do. Well, unfortunately, in the presence of automatic differentiation, that's not enough. And the case that causes problems is what if you take a view from a tensor and then you mutate the view with another tensor that requires gradients? Let me say that again because it's a little bit of a complicated example. You have a tensor, take a view of it, you mutate the view with a requires grad true tensor. So something very interesting happens in this situation, which is that if you then go back to the base tensor and you use it as part of some computation, that base tensor now requires grad equals true. The requires grad trueness of the you know, input mutation on the view infects the base tensor. And if you think about why this might be the case, it makes sense because, hey, you know, I have this thing and I need to keep track of all uses of it because, you know, I want to differentiate on it. And, you know, if I mutate it into the view, it is going to like implicitly show up in the base. And so if I make uses of the base that end up contributing to my loss, well, those also count as um, you know, uses that I have to, you know, count as towards, you know, when I do automatic differentiation in this case. And so just recording, you know, the storage and the strides and the offset in the tensor when we do views isn't enough. We actually need to record some extra view metadata so that we can make this situation work. 
So I've covered the two situations where we need to do this extra work. So one is uh, in-place updates to do version counter bumps. And uh, the second is view metadata tracking. And if you were thinking back to the original motivation for inference mode, well, hey, you know, these are very obscure situations. And if I'm just running inference on my tensors, you know, I don't expect any of these things to actually matter. So inference mode is the way for the user to tell, hey, I am going to guarantee you that I am not going to do any of these naughty things. And then uh, I can just skip doing version counters. So I, I just won't allocate the version counters at all. I won't do version counter bumps on my tensors. And I'm just not going to do any of the view metadata tracking. I'm just going to you know, leave it all alone. And then you know, my code will run faster as long as I'm not using it for AD. So that doesn't sound too hard, right? Just put in a bunch of if statements and, you know, or, you know, like, because we've talked about the dispatcher, right? Oh, do some fancy dispatcher stuff. Just make these things not get run in those cases. But there's a problem. And the problem is we don't actually want to have our users um, pinky promise us that they're going to handle everything correctly because we don't actually trust our users to do things correctly. You shouldn't either. I wouldn't trust myself to get these things right. I'm worried that I'm going to accidentally use one of these tensors in Autograd later and everything's going to blow up and like I'm going to be sad. So the sort of magic sauce and what sort of took us a long time to sort of get inference mode working was how do we do this safely? That is to say, how can we let the user say, I promise not to use these things for Autograd and then actually hold the user to this promise so that if they actually do use it for inference modes later, uh, if they use an inference mode tensor uh, in automatic information, we actually give a proper error message in this case. And so I'm just going to describe a little bit about how we do this. Uh, and you know, if you want to actually see the details, um, we've got a very nice RFC co-authored by Eiling and me, and you can read that for all the sort of nitty-gritty details of how everything works. But there's two basic things that we need to do. So the first thing that we need to do is we want to get rid of version counters, right? We want to get rid of the need to track when mutations happen. And so in order to verify that you know, this never actually causes problems for automatic differentiation, um, we need to enforce some sort of invariant that says, oh yeah, you know, one of these tensors that doesn't record version counters, you're not allowed to ever actually try to use the version counter to enforce safety. Because that's, uh, that's a place where the system could go wrong. So in other words, we have a no aliasing requirement. The no aliasing requirement says that any tensor that doesn't have the version counter, and we're actually gonna just refer to these as inference tensors because they're just tensors that happen when you do inference mode, right? You just don't allocate version counters for them. Any inference tensor must not alias with any tensor that um, is saved for backwards. So how do we actually do this? Well, you know, we take um, an inference tensor, um, we say, okay, there's no version counter on it. Whenever we make aliases to this tensor, um, we also need to make sure these are also inference tensors because, you know, hey, uh, it's an aliasing requirement, right? Like, you know, just because you take a view of a tensor doesn't mean you can save that because if you mutate that, well, you know, it still affects the view of the tensor. And then we just say, okay, 
any inference tensor is not allowed to be saved for backwards. And so there's one place we have to write this check, which is namely when we save variables for tensors. So the no aliasing invariant involves basically setting up this dynamic alias analysis that just says, hey, this is a class of tensors, these inference tensors, which are guaranteed not to alias with AD, and we only have to check one place to make sure this actually happens. And so that's very nice and not too hard to implement. Second part, is view tracking, right? So what do we do if we, you know, don't track the view metadata in a situation? And this one's actually not so hard. Um, we basically just say, okay, we don't record the view metadata for these tensors. And now uh, we need to, sorry, I, I said this one's not so hard, but this one's also tricky in its own way. So naively, what you'd expect you'd be able to do in the situation, you say, okay, I'm just not gonna record the view metadata. And then if I ever do something to a tensor that you know might uh, require the view metadata, I just raise an error. Does that work? Almost, but there's one problem. And the problem is if you have a base tensor and you mutate it with something that requires grad equals true, ordinarily your views also become requires grad equals true, right? The, 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 the flow goes both ways, right? Like if I put in some data that I need to track gradients for, then all the views also need to track gradients as well. And in the case of the base tensor, I don't actually know if I've recorded the view metadata or not in the situation. So what we do is we just say, okay, well, these inference tensor things, you know, the tensors that were allocated in inference mode, you're not allowed to mutate them outside of inference mode. And that just sort of, you know, with a very heavy hammer prevents this sort of situation from causing a problem. So that's what inference mode does in a nutshell. It says, okay, when you're inside inference mode, you know, we allocate these inference tensors. These inference tensors do less work. They don't track versions and they don't uh, track view metadata. And once you have this situation, uh, you just have a bunch of extra checks, a bunch of like sort of restrictions on how you can use these tensors outside of inference mode that sort of guarantees that you can't actually observe that you fail to record all this information. You'll just error in those cases. So we've been deploying this to a bunch of places. There's this old RAII guard called auto non-variable type mode. It didn't make any sense. It just happened to make people's code run faster, but it didn't do any error checking. And we've been moving people over over to use inference mode in this situation. Actually, that's all Eileen's stuff. She's been very uh, like a trooper moving all of our mobile stuff over. It's been quite an adventure because uh, there's a ton of places that only do inference. Like ever try to debug a PyTorch problem on Oculus? Yeah, me neither. Good work. So that's everything I had to say about inference mode today. Um, right now it's only available from C++, but uh, we're, we'll be adding a Python API for it very soon. Um, so that's all I wanted to say for today. Uh, see you next time.